Welcome to Camofoil, the podcast that digs for the truth and keeps on digging. I'm Denise. I'm Matt. And this is the podcast in which we uncover the hidden meaning of the most important stories that will never, ever make the headlines, and maybe some that do. Whereas other media outlets want to keep you in the dark, we shine a floodlight right in your face. You may think you're being blinded, but you're finally seeing the truth. So sit back and let us expose our truth to you. This is Camofoil. All right, welcome back to Camofoil. I hope everybody's uh, summer is going well at this point, but it's kind of been rough uh, as well because, you know, a lot of things that people like to do for the summer, it's been tricky to get things done because apparently we're having a shortage of workers, mm-hmm. which my family and I noticed the other day when we went to Applebee's for our big special night out. Yeah. And I just don't understand what the problem is. But we got there. We had to wait a long time. When we finally did get to our table, we couldn't see our waitress's face because she insisted on wearing a mask the whole time, Uh, even though COVID is over. Right. Obviously. And then, you know, later when I had to ask to speak to the manager, I still had to wait like another 20 minutes because apparently he was busy trying to take care of everything else that was going on. So really, it just ruined everything for us. Yeah, I don't know how you survived that experience. I mean, you know, it was rough. And this is, you know, this is our this is our fancy dinner time. And, you know, for them to just ruin it like that really makes me wonder if we'll ever be back. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe the world has changed forever in the wake of this. I mean, did they give you a refund at least or? No. And, you know, it's just again, they they made it seem somehow that I was out of line. Yeah. Um, which I don't understand. And really, I don't understand why workers aren't taking these jobs because it's really easy. I mean, I go in and I tell them exactly what they need to do and how they should be doing it. So it's really like they get free labor from me by telling them, you know, exactly how to do their job. So it it shouldn't even be that hard. Yeah. I mean, they should be giving you a discount because it sounds like you're basically being the manager there. Right. Because somebody has to, you know, step up and take these kids and and adults. I don't know why adults are working these jobs that are clearly meant for teenagers, but Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother thing. But somebody has to show them how this is done. Yeah. I mean, you know, stacking onion rings, that's an art. You don't just toss them in the basket. Right. It's all about presentation. I always, I mean, look, you go to these places, they have the menu, they got the glossy photos. uh, Food looks great. I will return my food as many times as it takes until it looks exactly like that photograph. Right. Because otherwise that's false advertising on their part and you don't have to put up with that. Yeah. I mean, anytime I go to a place and, you know, sometimes in the case they have obviously those dishes that are just there as kind of a presentation to show you what the dishes look like. That's the one that I want. That's the one that I take. Smart. I mean, it's strange because I've had a lot of gastrointestinal issues, which is why I always go for that perfect food. Yeah, that only makes sense. You know, talking about the lack of workers, I'll tell you, it's been a hell of a time trying to find people to work for the hair collection business. 
Oh, I can only imagine. Fortunately, my wife has been helping out a lot. She's really gotten into the hair collection thing. I mean, she's always collected her hair. When she would go to the salon, she would insist that they give her her hair to take with her. Yeah. In fact, that's where the business came from. We were, you know, over the years, because my, my wife's hair grows unusually fast. Few people know this, but that's actually a genetically controlled condition. And uh, some people have very fast growing hair. And so she was getting haircuts um, all the time. I mean, it felt like every week at some points. And we just ended up with this huge stockpile of her hair. And I started to think, is there something we can do with this rather than just having it sit around, you know, and the, and the kids are playing in it like a giant leaf pile in the middle of the living room. You know, I felt like maybe we could put this hair to work. Yeah. I mean, the entrepreneurial spirit is just so amazing. And I am thrilled that it worked out so well for you and really impressed with what you've managed to do with all of this. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, here we are in the middle of the summer and COVID is gone and people are going back to their lives and they're getting haircuts like crazy. I mean, there has been a lot of hair dropping on the salon and barbershop floors and uh, we're busier than ever. And I just can't find anyone to do the work. Yeah. And I mean, you pay really well. Like, I think it's, I think you pay what, like two seventeen an hour plus tips. I mean, and you know, sometimes they get to keep some of the hair. Yeah, we do pay about two seventeen an hour, and it's uh, fifty cents for every pound of hair that they collect, which you know gives them a little incentive. It's a real scramble when we get to a new location. Uh, the workers can't wait to get out of my Cooper Mini and go collect the hair. It is a little cramped in there, but it's my car. Yeah. And it's distinctive. You know, everybody knows there's the hair collection car. And you don't even need airbags because you're you're surrounded by bags of hair. It's so true. I mean, by the end of the day, we could get hit by a tank and still be protected because there is this massive barrier of hair just keeping us in place. It's like somebody encased us in carbonite or foam or something like that. So it really does work out pretty well. But I just wish I could find more workers. Yeah. I'll just mention one other totally anecdotal thing, but one of the things my family likes to do when the hair collection is uh, getting hot um, is we like to celebrate by going to the bowling alley, or at least that's what we used to do before everything was shut down, but now that things are opening up again. And wouldn't you know it, they now have a machine setting the pins. That is how bad it has gotten. Wow. I don't think people have, have really thought this through. You know, they're sitting at home collecting their government handouts and exactly. thinking that they've got it made. But all they've done is just allowed machines to take over the jobs that they suddenly feel they're too good to do now. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, the world has been overrun by Terminators. Yep. You know, I feel like everywhere I look, there's a new machine doing a job that someone used to do before the pandemic. Right. You know, but you're right. I mean... <laughs> In addition to whatever's happened with mechanization, it just seems like there aren't as many workers as there used to be, or there's some kind of shortage. Yeah. And, you know, I've been thinking long and hard about this, and I've mm -hmm. been trying to figure out what exactly has happened and what's the reason behind this, because... There's been another news story, though, and it finally hit me that the two are connected. Okay. And the other story that you might have seen is that Jeff Bezos, the uh, founder and owner of Amazon.com, mm -hmm. is going to go into space. Okay. And you might be thinking, well, that has nothing to do with workers. But first off, how is he building all of these rockets? 
to get him into space. And then secondly, they're saying that he's just going to go into low Earth orbit. But I don't believe that. I mean, I think we know that if somebody like Jeff Bezos is going to announces that he's going to space, he's not going to settle for something small like that. He's clearly got a bigger, a bigger plan in mind. Right. I mean, that's like saying Amazon is just a company that sells books. Right, right. Like, yeah, sure. That's the that's what they wanted you to think in the beginning. But clearly, it was it was much more of that. Yeah. So what I figured out is that he is actually planning to go to the moon and organize his workforce up there. And so he has been taking people who normally would be filling these jobs Mm -hmm. and essentially kidnapping them and getting them ready to accompany him on this trip. And I'm sure some of our, our listeners are thinking, well, that's just preposterous. And where's the evidence? Because we have a pretty smart audience. They're not just going to believe something that somebody tells them. Exactly. So here's here's the evidence. First off, mainstream media hasn't talked about this at all. So yeah, Yeah. it's a sure sign sign of a cover up. Mm -hmm. So we've got that. But secondly, you know, let's let's put some pieces together here. So Amazon starts with an A, which NASA program was designed to go to the moon. Apollo, also an A. Yes. Amazon makes a lot of money out of Amazon Prime. Prime is also a thing that refers to numbers that are only divisible by themselves in the number one. Like 11. And which Apollo mission landed on the moon? 11. I don't know that I can make it any clearer. That's pretty convincing evidence. I wanted to ask you how we feel about Jeff Bezos. I'm a little little conflicted about him because, as you know, he owns the Washington Post. You Right. Totally gross. But he's also very successful at business and takes a lot of heat from the liberal media. Yeah. For just doing his job and and just trying to make a little money. Isn't that what we're all trying to do? Right. I'm with you on it. You know, he's a complicated character in many respects. Yeah. But I agree, you know, the self-made man who whose only crime really has just been to get rich. And of course, you know, the Democrats can't handle anything like that. It's a high crime and misdemeanor from the perspective of the Democrats. Um, I mean, you're basically committing treason by making money. Yeah, I've heard that they're going to impeach him in the next session. Yeah, I did hear about that. Let's hope that, uh, you know, the other side does their job and, and prevents that. You know, I have to give him credit. I'm I'm guessing that, you know, he's going to the moon because that's the only way really to escape the crushing regulations that the Democratic government is trying to put on businesses of all kind. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things I'm still a little unclear on is how is Bezos actually getting workers to the moon? And also, if he's sending workers to the moon, how come we can't see them on the moon at night when it's clear? outside. I mean, I have a telescope. I feel like I would see people 
you know, they'd look like ants, but I'd see them walking around. Yeah. Well, he's set up everything, I believe, on the dark side of the moon at this point. So that's why. Smart. Yeah. He's got to stay away from government spies and NASA and, you know, everybody who's who's trying to look into what he's doing. So that was a good question because, yeah, I mean, normally, I mean, the moon's there every night. We can look up and we can see all the, like, craters and stuff. Why wouldn't we be able to see the, the buildings? Yeah, especially with the help of a pair of binoculars or a telescope or something. But that makes sense because I remember reading something about how on Jeff Bezos's rocket flights, the only in-flight music that they have is Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, and the only video that they have, of course, is The Wizard of Oz. So, Well, you know, just because people are going there to work doesn't mean that they don't deserve some in-flight entertainment. At this point, that's more entertainment than you're going to get on uh, a Delta flight. Very true. Last time I was on, they just had the flight attendants doing some karaoke and stand-up. I mean, they didn't even have any radio or television, not even a magazine, really. Uh, How many times did I read the back of the vomit bag? I don't know. Yeah, the last flight that I took, I had to bring my own entertainment in the form of two crying babies. So, um, you know, I did my part to try to help everybody out with that, but not everybody was as appreciative as they should have been. I don't understand that. I tried to put my seat back and the person behind me just uh, went off. Ugh. As if I was invading their space. I mean, I paid for the seat. Yep. I paid to recline. You pay for the space around it. If they don't like it, they should recline their seat. Or move to another seat. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's not that hard. Right. Or, you know, pony up and pay for first class. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's there for. Yep. You know, if you're so sensitive that you can't handle the back of somebody's head six inches away from your face, then it's time to pay for business class or first class. Yeah. Or get your pilot's license and ride in the and fly the plane. There's plenty of room up front. I mean, as far as I know, they're like trucker cabins. They got a bed in there and, you know, um, all kinds of amenities. Yeah, like a whole mini bar. Yeah, exactly. That's why they keep the door locked. Smart plan. Well, you don't want to let the peons uh, see what things could be like. Right. So you'll have some sort of socialist uprising in the back claiming that everybody should have equal access to bar and space and everything else. And the bathrooms. Yeah. It's just so ridiculous. Yeah. The entitlement of it all, really. Yeah. I mean, is it really that hard to pay a couple of dollars to use the bathroom? I mean, I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, they've got the coin machine right there. Just put in your quarters and then you get the chance to use it. That's just the way society is run. That's what public toilets in Europe are like. Yeah. Bathroom doesn't clean itself. One of the few things Europe has gotten right. Exactly. I've I've always said that. Public toilets, one of the few things Europe has gotten right. And to be perfectly honest, it's the only thing that a euro is good for. So true. Mm-hmm. So true. Uh, so. Um, but I think you also asked, how do they get to space? Which, uh, of course, another good question, but I don't know if you've seen anything about these these mindfulness pods that oh, are showing yeah. up in Amazon warehouses. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty clear that those are actually like the little pneumatic tubes that you just send mail or memos through. Right. Um, but now, as we, we saw in uh, that documentary, Futurama, we just sent people through it now. And so does the tube take you to a rocket ship or do, or do the tubes take you directly to the moon? Uh, I believe they take you directly to the moon. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
that makes a lot of sense. That really does. But the tubes are, the, you know, the tubes are painted black and then they've got little stars painted on them. So that's why we don't see them. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you anticipated my next question, but let's be honest. Bezos thinks of everything, right? Right. Right. And I actually think that's really nice of him not to disturb our view of the deep, horrifying void of space by painting these tubes so that they match they match the background. Yeah, he just blends right in. And actually, I think that's a great idea because I heard that those tubes actually serve as a tether. And I, I mean, I'd read some stories about how the moon was thinking about leaving the Earth. Right. Um, you know, float. it's been, you know, sort of slowly drifting away out of our orbit. And so now that we have it tied up, I think that's great. I mean, it's it's yeah. just a, an added benefit. Yeah. And so, again, you know, the ways that the rich and the business owners protect society, once again, on full display here. And, and people just don't seem to realize how important that is, because what would we do without the moon if it just floated away? Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why we need those workers up there. Because as we know, the moon is in space. It's just floating there. Yeah. In space. Yeah. Um, and we need some more weight to hold it down, I think, because otherwise it might float away like a like a helium balloon. Yeah. In fact, I heard that the moon might be full of helium, which is one of the things that they're hoping to mine up there. That's why uh, these different party supply stores have been a heavy investor in what Bezos is doing. Right. Big party is they're jumping on the moon bandwagon. They're moonwalking to profit right there. Yeah. Now, the, the only thing that concerns me is that, you know, if they've got these pickaxes and if they if they hit it in the wrong spot, I mean, is it like a balloon where you have that pinprick of a hole and then it just goes zooming around as the air escapes? That is one concern. Because I have a beach vacation coming up and I need to understand how that's going to affect the tides. Yeah, no, that's definitely one concern. We don't want the moon to deflate and, and just blow around the solar system willy nilly. That could be a real a real disaster. And so what I heard is if something like that happens, every worker is equipped with a, you know, on the end of a balloon, you have the the spouts that you that you blow the air into, they have uh, one of those that they can immediately put over the hole and tie it off. Oh, good, good. And there's a ready supply of helium that they can then pump back into the moon if if they need to. So I, I don't know if you, you know, there have been a couple of times where the moon looks a little droopy, you know, a droopy moon has become yeah. a thing. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's basically a giant bicycle pump that uh, I think Elon Musk was subcontracted for that. And, uh, you know, his sense of humor, he, he just made it look like a giant bicycle pump and it pumps the moon up again. Oh, good. Well, I'm I'm glad they've got that covered because that was the thing that that really concerned me because, yeah, I didn't want the moon bouncing off the planets uh, like an out of control ping pong ball. But. Yeah. Yeah, I should have known that they had they had contingencies in place because when has big business ever like worked on something that could be detrimental to the environment or something like that and didn't have a plan for in case something went wrong? Yeah, I can't think of a of a single case. And, you know, any time where something unexpected happened, it was all upside. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, like when the Cuyahoga River caught on fire. Hello, s'mores. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when globs of oil washed up on the coast after New Horizon, uh, free oil for you to just go and grab and take for yourself. What more could you want? 
I haven't bought oil for my car in 25 years. When that happened, I was right down there. I grabbed a few oil-covered birds and squeezed them out like a wet washcloth right into my oil bucket. It was good for me because uh, I got that free oil and it was great for the birds. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. I think I saved a few of them. Yep. And, and the ones that I didn't, we ate them. It was a good porridge. Yeah, you know, and I heard that they cooked really easily because you just put them over the fire and boom, they're done. Yeah, almost as dangerous as a gender reveal party, but not quite. Oil-covered birds, the silent killer. That's right. So, yeah, and, and one of the interesting things about this moon enterprise is, you know, of course, it costs money to build this infrastructure. You can't just lay a pneumatic tube all the way to the moon uh, for free. Right. You, no, you no, need the materials yeah. and the backup helium alone. I mean, there are parts of the earth that are really shrunken because all the helium has been sucked out of uh, those pockets. Yeah. I mean, just to make the chipmunk movies alone, the Alvin and the chipmunk movies that that put a huge dent in our helium supply. Yeah, that is really the unspoken calamity of the 20th century was uh, how much helium went into those into those movies. So one of the things that Bezos is doing is in offering workers contracts where they agree to provide, you know, a certain number of years of their labor. And then Bezos sells those contracts to other people, which I think is a, is a great idea. Yeah. You're not asking people to put up money or anything. No. Free trip to the moon. A free trip to the moon. And you're guaranteed to be there for 10 or 15 years. I mean, what's, yeah. not, what's not to like? Right. And you don't have to worry about not having a job or having to go through a job search up there. You're guaranteed employment. You're already hired. Yeah. As long as your pneumatic capsule doesn't get caught in the tube or ejected as they do sometimes because uh, there, there can be some complications or, you know, they're doing some maintenance on the tubes. Um, and right. then you're just left to the wilds of deep space. But other than that, yeah, you're there. Small, small risk. Yeah. One second, you're meditating at your super warehouse outside of Scranton, Pennsylvania. The next second, you're in the sea of tranquility. It's a dream come true. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Just amazing. I mean, what Jeff Bezos is offering these people are essentially vacations. Yeah. Just a working vacation. Yeah. So he is moving a lot of the American workforce to the moon. Yeah. Through these various means. But I think the other thing I don't understand is, is what's driving this. It seems like to go to all the trouble of building these mindfulness chambers, building the pneumatic tubes, having the helium reserve. I'm not entirely clear on why Bezos is doing it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, obviously, there's a lot that we're just not going to be able to even comprehend because of how many orders of operation ahead of us he is uh, as far as these plans. Yeah, that's that's true. And now that he has that uh, 5G chip implanted in his brain, I, I've heard that he can do, uh, you know, many more calculations per minute than than the average human brain. So definitely. But I mean, I think we can at least get a hint of the idea, you know, in, in many ways, he is staking out a claim for freedom, you know, and against this new regime that we have here on Earth. Yeah. 
that seems so intent on destroying wealth and destroying wealth makers. Yeah, I think you're right. So um, it's it's clearly this progressive Democrat liberal media agenda that is pushing this. Yeah. And I mean, we can't say that we weren't warned. I'm sure, you know, there were just lots of people before the 2020 election warning us like, hey, if you vote for Biden, people are going to be taken to the moon and working there. Yeah. And nobody listened. I know it's unfortunate that that message didn't get more amplification. It was just drowned out by universal basic income, you know, voting rights, universal health care. Have you noticed how many of these plans are universal? And yet they're so against space workers. I just right. it, it, it it's another example of the total incoherence of the uh, Democratic Party. Yeah. But like I was saying, you know, Biden recently got the G7 nations to all agree to like a 15% minimum corporate tax. So clearly we're seeing Biden move towards that one world government. And so the only option then is to go out of this world. Yeah, because, you know, the United Nations, last I checked, does not have jurisdiction over the moon. Yeah, they only have black helicopters. They don't have black rockets. Yes, thankfully. But I mean, let's face it, the moon will never be a nation because it's already a planet. Yeah. Unless it goes the way of Pluto. Right. And gets demoted to some other status. But it's a planet, people. Come on. Yep. It's a big rock in space. And that's pretty much the definition of a planet. It orbits something. I mean, what else? What else do we? It's full of helium. I mean, most of the planets are full of helium. How do you think that they float in the sky? if not by that means. You know, and these are the types of things that you learn with intelligent design, which is why Democrats are so intent on keeping that out of our schools. Yeah, it's so true. I really shudder to think what the next generation is going to understand in terms of science. I mean, it's just so simple. We, We know that helium is lighter than air. Yeah. So. Yep. What other explanation is there? Uh, Yeah, I just don't understand how people can can be so dense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, again, you know, it really makes a lot of sense on Bezos's part to make this foray into the moon or onto the moon. Um, Not quite into it yet, I don't think. Yeah, they're just at the surface and and starting to work their way in. Right. And I I think it's a great idea. It's going to make it's certainly going to make package delivery a lot faster yeah. Because the moon is always the same distance away from every point on Earth. So talk about reliable delivery times. And people don't need to sleep on the moon because it can't be night there because the moon doesn't rise in the sky. So exactly. And it's it's another I, I mean, it's another brilliant part of Bezos's plan. Right. I mean, it's a it's a 24 hour work day up there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No nighttime, no sleeping. And, you know, things are things are lighter on the moon, so you don't have to worry about people complaining about injuries from heavy lifting because nothing's heavy there. Exactly. Yeah. So the the workers insurance costs are going to be significantly lower and it really is going to translate into all around savings for everyone. I can't wait for my lavender infusions to cost a lot less now because they're going to be part of the moon project. It's simple math, right? You get uh, some pneumatic tubes to deliver the workers. You've got another set to deliver the products back down to earth. Yep. What else do we need to know? Nothing. So to go back to where we 
started off, I mean, it, there's a certain amount of frustration, I think, because uh, Bezos is shipping so much of the workforce off world. Yeah. You know, that you don't have your crouton supplier to bring croutons to your table at Applebee's, right? Yeah. Uh, that used to be a position. Now it's just wrapped into the duties of the waiter or waitress. Sometimes the host um, has to go around with the crouton basket. And that's why you're having trouble getting your complaints in because yeah. he's, yeah. and and you can't just, you know, I don't want to get sidetracked here, but I do know a few things about croutons. And what I do know is you can't just dump them into a salad, okay? They've got to be individually placed, right? There is a there is the right place and the right time for every single crouton. That's my mantra, by the way. I think that's what Jeff Bezos is actually pumping through those mindfulness pods. Croutons or your mantra. Oh, my mantra. Yeah. 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 Because you know, Alexa has heard you say it before. And I think I think he really I think that really grabbed him. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I'm I'm flattered. I'm a little frustrated that uh, you know, Alexa picked it up, but uh we keep our Alexa encased in a double pane glass soundproof booth. And there's just a little portal that we open up. It kind of looks like those old telephones that had like the, the cone that came out and you spoke into it. And that's how we communicate with our Alexa. And and, and otherwise it's, it's encased in this uh, concrete reinforced enclosure that is completely soundproof. Smart. Normally it can't hear us, but wouldn't you know it? I left the door open one day. We were talking croutons uh, as we do so often at home. You know, Jesus, my son, Jesus, huge Crouton fan. He's got a collection. Um, he always brings one home from every time we go out. And uh, yeah, it just, it slipped out. And uh, next thing you know, Bezos is using it. Yeah. But, you know, you, you got to respect the Crouton. That's that's what I've always said. Yeah. Yeah. So we just, uh, it is unfortunate that, right. um, that Bezos has, uh, you know, like he has done with so many things. Right. I mean, it's part of the disruption process. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. And we really can't fault him for it, right? No. Because no. he's just doing what any rational business person would be doing if they were yep. 20 steps ahead the rest of us like Bezos is. Yeah. Didn't take him long to figure out that, uh, okay, we used to outsource jobs overseas, right? Right. Obviously, space, the final frontier. Yep. Let's outsource those jobs to another planet. Yeah. That planet being the moon. It is the only logical step left for them. I like to call it the big white crouton in the sky. Poetic. Yeah, I get a little whimsical at times. But again, the Democrat agenda, yep. the Biden assault on corporate America, the demonization of innocent people like Jeff Bezos that are just trying to provide people with something to do with their time. And if we've learned right. anything in the last year, life is boring. It's really boring. Yeah. Yeah. Why not spend it on the moon? Yeah. Picking up boxes. Moving them around. Yeah. Listening to Pink Floyd. On a continual loop. Does not get better than that. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's built a veritable paradise up there. Now, of course, you know that there are some activists. There have been protests 
Right. People think that they have concerns about the pneumatic tubes. Is it good for the moon? Is it good for the environment on the moon? Is sending all these people up there, is that going to cause problems? What kind of species might there be on the moon that need to be protected? Yeah, yeah. And there's just all this uproar about it, uh, that the laborers are being treated unfairly. Right, right. And again, this is another reason why Bezos had to, to go. I mean, with all these attempts to unionize here in the United States, mm-hmm. I mean, what other choice did he have but to pick up and, and go and take his workers with him? Yeah, I totally agree. The other great thing about the moon is there's not a lot of stuff produced there, Right. So you don't really need to make that much money. Right. Because you don't have to buy your iPhones, your flat screen TVs. You don't even need a car because you can just jump from one place to the next. Yeah. Also, I think the astronauts brought up that rover that one time. That's still there. They have that little space car. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, look, if you have a medical emergency or something, hop in the space car, of course. Right. I mean, nobody's nobody's hopping to the hospital if they have a heart attack. But um, I mean. To be perfectly honest, my father did that once. Um, and uh, by the time he got to the hospital, heart attack over. Yeah, yeah. Because he was dead. Problem solved. I said to him, Dad, maybe you want to take an ambulance. But he was always suspicious of uh, round wheels. Round wheels and hairless cars. And lights that flash and make sound at the same time. They were frightening and confusing to him. Not natural. No. The man didn't even ride a bicycle, not a roller skate in the house. It's amazing that you grew up as well adjusted as you did. Yeah, I know. But uh, I learned a lot from him. As we can tell. Yeah. That's why you like croutons. They're a nice square shape. Anything that doesn't have an edge, just, I can't, I just can't do it. I need a corner. Yeah. It's why, you know, hockey has been so rough for you because on the one hand, you've got blades, which are nice and sharp and angular, but it's on a oval so that that doesn't i know i know but but fortunately i got my pickup hockey team we play with a square puck oh good good which is really nice it really hurts sometimes when you get hit by the point but we just wear extra padding for that yeah which of course is made out of the extra hair from my business obviously we've had no injuries this season because of it look like a bunch of chewbacca's skating around but uh makes it so much cooler Yeah, well, that's why we call ourselves the Millennium Falcons. I love it. Thanks. But yeah, so it's been a disruption with all of these workers being taken. The one good thing is that I've heard that Jeff Bezos has been collecting all of the the Alexa data recordings and voice recordings of Mm -hmm. everybody who isn't smart enough to put theirs behind uh, double-pane concrete glass cases. Yeah. And by using that and also combining it with his skills in, you know, artificial intelligence and robotics, he is creating uh sort of replacement people who, you know, will just be, you know, they'll upload all the data that they've gotten from these conversations so mm-hmm. that these robots can interact with people and then send them back out into the into the job market yeah. and they can take over all of these jobs that are currently empty. And that explains a lot. I mean, that 
I think that really explains what was happening at the bowling alleys. I mean, obviously, yeah, the workers have moved up to the Amazon moon and now we have these new machines to do to do these things. It is a great it's a great new age. Yeah. It it kind of reminds me of the movie 2001 by Stanley Kubrick, which was a real celebration of technology and all the great things it's going to to bring to us in the future. Yes. You know, there's there's nothing to be worried about. Not a thing. Just like the astronauts in 2001 were in the capable hands of Hal, we are now all in the capable hands of Alexa. Although she doesn't actually have hands, so I'm just speaking metaphorically, of course, but we are we're under her care now. Yes, we are in the shadow of her monolith. Exactly. And that shadow is really shielding us from the the sun of desolation. Right. Our our utopia is approaching. It really is. We're almost there. In fact, the people on the moon are already in that utopia. They are living the dream. Mm-hmm. So let's all just be patient here, folks, and eventually everything is going to be okay. That's right. Anyone has been the target of misplaced frustration and anger. It's definitely Jeff Bezos. Yeah, I really feel for him. And I'm glad we had this opportunity to really not only um, clue people into what he's been doing, the sacrifices he's been making for this country, but, you know, to sing his praises a little bit. Yep, he deserves it. Yeah, I mean, that's how he lost all his hair, was worrying about whether this scheme was going to work out. And let me tell you, I was right there to collect that hair. I was going to ask. I was going to ask. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. I have it framed in my office. So really, you know, you're an integral part of this success as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it hangs just above a wood carving of my crouton mantra. It's what I like to call my wall of trophies. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And we've, of course, talked about some of the merchandise we've been exploring, offering in uh, our soon to be launched camofoil shop. Yes. Maybe some replicas of those items uh, could be found there. Oh, that would be wonderful. I yeah. think I think the people would love that. We could do t-shirts, we could do hats, we could do stickers. I mean, we do all, all kinds of things with the mantra on it. Yeah, the spacesuit. Exactly, exactly. I mean, we'll have to get licensing from Jeff Bezos, but uh, that shouldn't be a big problem. Yeah, yeah. Just have to catch him next time he's on Earth. Right, just wear his hair. That ought to show him that you're serious. You know, I am a little embarrassed to admit this, but I did actually make his hair into a toupee and um, it's affectionately known around the hair collection shop as the thinking cap. So whenever somebody needs to spend some time and come up with a new idea on how to improve the business, uh, they just pop that on top of their head and um, eventually something comes to them. An idea, lice, there's all sorts of options. As I always say, never underestimate the power of another man's hair or it could be a woman's hair i mean that's not my thing but to each his own yep just a saying no offense i'm not taken good on behalf of all women <laughs> thank you you're welcome well i think once again denise you have provided our listeners with a powerful way to connect these different aspects of this story some of which are in the news some of which aren't um, and really putting those pieces together so we can we can understand what's going on. Yeah. And, you know, and it's worth it to really help out all of our listeners and give them some idea of what it is that we're, that we're going through and what we're dealing with. And, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully this helps them rest assured that 
there is a bigger plan and Jeff Bezos knows what it is. Yeah. And you know, next time you're at Applebee's and your soup is cold or you have to wait 45 minutes between getting your salad and your entree, or they never show up with the ice cream sundaes for the kids meals, just say a little thanks to Jeff Bezos. I always do. Well, it's time for us to wrap up before the feds can triangulate our position. While we're fleeing the feds, please subscribe to Camofoil on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want us to keep exposing our truth to you, give us a five-star rating. If you want to continue to live in ignorance, give us a five-star rating. Don't forget to tell everyone you know to listen to us and follow us on Twitter and Facebook, including even your neighbor, who is probably a member of the deep state. I'm Denise. I'm Matt. This is Camouflage. And remember, don't believe anything until you hear from us again, even if you never hear from us again. Thank you.